Well, what is up, you all? Welcome to the Ride Share Rodeo. Uber Lyft driver and gig economy news. Sponsored by UberLiftDrivers.com, RideShareRodeo.com, WithPara.com. I'm your host, SJ, and let's get it on. Well, this week, I am excited to have a fellow rideshare driver on the podcast. It's been a while. We've been dealing with so much um, pandemic, PUA, assistance, um, helping people, uh, staying safe, what's going on with gig, all this stuff that um, I really haven't. One of the things that pre-pandemic when I was planning to do the podcast, that one of the main ideas was to have drivers and stuff on, but there aren't a lot of drivers out there right now. And there's a lot of high turnover in that for rideshare, especially. Um, so John has experience under his belt and we, uh, just got to chatting and, and we go through, you know, a handful of topics. So give it a listen and, uh, Hope you enjoy it. And next week we have um, Maestro on the on the program, and the week after we have Lifting with Larry. Looking forward to both of those. Uh, Maestro just recently released their Apple app, so I I have a lot of questions for Maestro, and I'm putting more together. Um, just want to want to be very clear about what they're doing. Um, and uh, it'll be a, it'll be a, it, it'll be a very good interview. Um, but today, let's let's talk to John. Uh, he is rideupstate.com. He has a YouTube channel that you can find by going to YouTube and checking Ride Upstate. You can find him at rideupstate.com, uh, and you can find him at rideupstate.com backslash YouTube as well. That said, uh, let's get into it and bring John on. Hey, we're live here already, so I'm, uh, I got John here, um, John Wilkerson from, uh, are you from Albany? Uh, the Albany area, yeah. <laughs> okay. I mean, that's your that's your market that you would say you drive in or you work in? Uh, well, yeah, I mean, it's, cons- yeah, I mean, the whole of upstate New York is considered one market, but yeah. Yeah, I'm originally from Michigan and have passed through upstate New York numerous times, cut through Canada, Niagara Falls, across the top there. So I've done all that. I'm I'm very familiar. So I'm kind of, I know how like, you know, everybody thinks of New York City when you hear just New York. They think of New York City. So they they think the whole state is skyscrapers. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) But really, but really upstate New York is like upstate Michigan. It's like nothing. Yeah, and actually, we're one of the uh, largest dairy and uh, apple producers in in the country. So, okay. yeah, we uh, we do a lot of uh, there's a lot of agriculture up here. Yeah, we uh, in Michigan we got a lot too. We're the bi- we're big on cherries. We're the cherry guys. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, and craft beers, of course, which is probably part of the reason I moved to Colorado many years ago. So. Um, but, uh, so you drive, you drive in your town, 
that's near Albany, Albany, Albany is your closest big market. Yeah, so Albany's Albany's the capital of New York, and right. so I'm about 35 minutes north of Albany. So you, yeah, so you probably end up there. Well, 35 miles, you probably end up there a decent amount. That's the same distance of Denver to Boulder, and so yeah. I know I know how that can work. Yeah, believe it or not, I actually don't end up down there very often. Um, Oh really? Well, yeah, yeah, because because mostly Every what I'm doing, yeah, mostly what I'm doing right now is food delivery. Um, right, so it's not going to take me out of the way. And then during the summer, really, when the when the rideshare season is at its busiest, we have a horse racing track here, and so we tend to keep in the general area. Um, as well as we have a fairly large concert, outdoor concert venue as well. Which one? Uh, SPAC, Saratoga Performing Arts oh. Center. Yep. So, yep. you know, Dave Matthews comes here every single year. Fish comes yeah. here every single year. And so these are big events. And, uh, I mean, I'll occasionally end up in, in Albany. When, when I was driving back and forth to work, I ended up in Albany more often than I do now. Uh, right. But since I'm not driving back and forth to work anymore, <laughs> I kind of had to change my my strategy and everything. Yeah, you know the Albany thing kind of reminds me a little bit of. Uh, so I get what you're meaning because I had to put myself back 22 years to when I lived in Michigan and grew up in Michigan, and all my family's from the Detroit area except like 90 percent. The other 10, 15 percent are spread throughout the state, and with about 10 percent or, you know, two-thirds of whatever the remainder is in the Lansing area. And that's where I'm from. And I forget, like, I can't really make this comparison, but Detroit, if that were, like, our New York City, Lansing is probably, like, what Albany is because Lansing's dead. Like, if you pull downtown Lansing, it's dead. And I've been to Albany before where it's just, I'm like, yeah. whoa, this is, nice. this is a pretty dead ghost town for a big town. <laughs> yeah, know, things th things have uh, picked up. I usually mean, in the summer. Years ago, I don't I don't yeah. know anymore. But yeah, it's know, a, it's a bit now. different now. Yeah, <laughs> but it always seemed like one of those big towns where like where are all the people? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if you've ever pulled. I mean, I'm sure you have. You pull into a big town, like a big city, and you're like, why are there no people here? Yeah, sure, sure. I, I've <laughs> been there like before, just walking around. Yeah. But so yeah, like everybody else, you're doing uh, you're doing mostly delivery. Were you doing rideshare before the pandemic? Yeah, and absolutely. Delivery, but but barely doing any delivery. Or Actually, you still doing a good amount of delivery. Now I was uh, I didn't start doing delivery until uh, September of 2019, and then it wasn't even that that much. I didn't really do that much. Right. Because my strategy was to get rides going into work and coming home from work so that I would not be on the road a lot longer. Right. Um, and when you have an airport nearby, that works out pretty well. You know, I can make 50 or 60 bucks a day, only driving an extra hour a day, and then maybe drive a couple hours on the weekend and something like that. And, and I was making, you know, 300 to $500 a week because it's just a side hustle for me. And, 
and not having to put a lot of extra miles on because that that was the big kind of the big the big thing for me was I didn't want to put in a ton of extra miles and a ton of extra time just to make a couple hundred extra bucks and correct getting a ride in the morning taking someone down to the airport or the train station was just I mean it was it was perfect I pick someone up, one up in downtown Saratoga Springs take them to the airport and then usually end up getting a ride or two on the way back to work. Uh, so, and I'd only, so you'd, that would, you'd, you'd, you'd set your destination filter and just kind yeah. of wait at work when you're going home. I mean, is that, is that pretty quick to get a ride? I wouldn't even, I wouldn't even wait. I wouldn't even, I, I, I would pre pandemic. I wouldn't No, I wouldn't even wait. I would just start heading home and then usually end up catching a ride somewhere on the way home, picking someone up on the way home. There were a few regulars that I, there was this guy that I picked up nearly every Thursday morning on the way into work. And that worked out perfectly. Um, because I would be passing right by where where he lived right when he was requesting a ride. And so I picked him up just about every morning. And then right. two or three times a month, there was a guy on Tuesday mornings I was picking up and taking to the train station who lived a mile from my house. So <laughs> it was it was really uh, – I had a lot of kind of regular – I guess you could say regular customers without even having – any means of picking a favorite driver or a favorite customer for that matter. And then there was a young lady that I picked up every, every once in a while that I would take actually into downtown Albany in the morning. And so I had about every week I had, I pretty much picked up someone that I had picked up before. And it was really, it was really kind of helpful that way because, um, because I didn't have to oh, set absolutely. a destination filter, <laughs> you know? Yeah, yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, I, I, I had my people like that, too. So, but, you know, I'm in Denver, and I had, um, you know, I had my business card that that flips to my Lyft or my Uber side, and it wasn't for promo codes. It was to get in touch with me and set up rides. Right, yeah. Because, I mean, for you, I'm wondering, is it is it that you live in a – in a more in, in a, a smallly populated area that you were getting these people time and time again, and then making the chit chat to just say, Hey, just call me and we'll, I'll take you on Thursday. Cause for me, it was kind of, even if I had them in the car for 40 minutes, sometimes that was the more difficult thing, but they wanted me for more. They had a phone in their hand, they're working. They could have typed in my number, but if I gave them the card and we had made the connection, they always called. No, it was just that I, 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 I left my house at the same time every day. And so because of that, if they were they were getting a ride at the same time, I, I never gave them a card or anything. I just Are there not uh, many drivers? There are I mean like there's where you turn on, I mean, like your house, you turn on in the morning or they're not Oh no, not not near my house, no. No. But there are plenty so of drivers. That's why, they, that's why they were always getting you. Right. Right, because I'm up, you know, I'm hitting the road at six thirty in the morning, and um, and it was, you know, it was working out pretty well for me because the this these people were wanting a ride at the same time, and I was online, and so I got picked up. And the thing in my area is you 
it, it is not uncommon to have to do long pickups in my area. It's the same thing with delivery. You're going to do long deliveries as well. So right. we have a few people who just, you know, they're not going to do that. They only do, but they typically only drive at night. So they're doing the bar scene, which I'm not, I'm not doing the bar scene. I've done it a couple times and we've got oh, a college no, in yeah. town and I'm not, <laughs> you know, I'm not driving around drunk college students. So, no, um, <laughs> so, I, I, so I've, I've bartended here in Denver, right downtown, um, for many, many years. I've had to throw people out of the bar. I've had, to, I've done it like every bar. You do every job in the bar, but these were high volume bars right across from like Coors Field or Pepsi Center, right? And uh, we were right across. We were right across from home plate at Coors Field, so we were always dealing with it. So when I, I did rideshare for six years. When I turned into that, it became real easy. But in the beginning, I will say I did a lot of late nights. I was just very careful on my who I let in. Yeah. From the beginning, I was very on top. I was treating it like a door guy. Yeah. I thought you were drunk. I was treating it like a door guy. Like I was staring at you. The doors were locked. I was questioning things. One slur I canceled. <laughs> you know, I mean, like I was pretty on yeah. it. I was like, dude, this I'm going to cancel. I'm not going to tell you to do it and drive away and drive around for five minutes and make you pay a fee. I'm canceling. You're too drunk. I don't want you in my car. Um, right. You know, maybe maybe have a glass of water before you call the next driver. And then while they tried to argue, I just drive away. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, so. it's fortunately in my area, it's fairly affluent. So uh-huh. uh, you can there's kind of like there's there's two bar scenes here in my town. There's the there's the people who have a job to go to the next morning. <laughs> right. So so they can't get blasted out of their mind <laughs> that night. Right. And so they're going home around nine thirty, ten o'clock. And yeah. they're also the ones that are going to tip you better. They're going to you know, they're going to. Oh, yeah. They're going to be appreciative of you picking picking them up, um, and so so that was really knowing. Usually, my cutoff is about ten o'clock at night. I'm happy to pick people up uh, before ten o'clock because they're usually not too blasted by then. Um, but there's there were nice patterns that that I could rely on, especially during track season. Like I said, uh, yeah. which which runs is that an, from, o, is that an OTB track. It is an OTB track. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Which, uh, which one is it? It's Saratoga. Saratoga race course. Oh, okay. Yep. Okay. Okay. Yep. Um, and the nice well, thing so that's about that's a big one too. It is a big one. Yeah. Like and that's, so that's a big, like that's a big gamble on one too, which is oh, like, yeah. wow, how some of them are. are yeah. <laughs> yeah. Traverse week is insane. Traverse week is insane here, but you know, it's, it's great because I'm driving around trainers. I'm driving around jockeys. I'm driving around uh-huh. people who own the horses, people who, you know, especially when you're dealing with the trainers and the, and the horse owners, people who have money and they tip well, um, there's sure. a lot of people who come in from out of town. I mean, they're paying, some of these people are paying two, $3,000 a week to stay in a, in a, in a home while they're here. So, so they've got money to throw around and it's, it's nice during that track season. But this year, this year was a little bit different. <laughs> it's a little bit different because, because there were no, there were no, uh, fans oh, yeah. at the track. So, yeah, I mean, I don't know. Yeah, this whole this whole year has been different. Period. Right now, I think you and I are just in a pre-pandemic conversation about rideshare. Yeah, I think <laughs> because, so. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I, I even 
this market here, Denver, I don't know what you know about Denver, but Denver's a huge, has a, a ton of people living in it. Way too many. We're overpopulated. Uh, we don't have a lot of parking. Um, we've mm. really overbuilt the city way too much. And for that reason, we have a, um, we have a re- really good demographic here. So I'm in my late 40s. I have a 14-year-old son who lives with me. Um, and uh, But there's a, you know, you got a lot of younger people getting out of college to a lot of people who have done five, six, seven years in like L.A., Chicago, New York at a company and then get transferred out here. So you get a mm. lot of people that come out here who aren't just – like you were saying, people with jobs, but young people with great jobs who will stay out till two, three in the morning. Right. So unlike your people who are going home at nine thirty because they have a job, these people stay out till three and they're making six figures. Ugh. And they're twenty seven. Yeah. I mean, yeah. it's for a person like me, it's kind of tough. I've been through quite a few careers, and just like you. Like, I don't really know where I sit with all this now. I always have a lot of things going on. Um, I'm, a, I'm, a huge, I'm a huge believer in being the independent contractor. I don't believe in any kind of AB5 or anything. Um, yeah. I think that that, that, that might help a, a select group of people. I'm not dissing on it. I'm not trying to, and I always am careful about this on the podcast, but me personally. Me personally, I wouldn't do this if I couldn't be an IC. Um, I've, yeah, I feel the same way. Um, I, I think, uh, you know, people should be given the option. If I want to remain an independent contractor, well, uh, th- then I should I mean, be able you know, to. I think you know why all of it really happened, right? I mean, AB5, the whole thing was done under the under the slide, and it's, it's, it's all union. It's all yeah. union. Yeah, of course it is. It's, yeah. it's, 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 it's union in California really muscling people to position them, though. And they have the power to position them. So a lot of it was done in a lie. I don't know if you remember the early days of AB5. So I've been running UberLiftDrivers.com for four years now. Um, we have viewer, we have uh, worldwide uh, viewership on the website. The podcast is getting much, much bigger. Uh, but we do, you know, we do uh, every month we do about 24,000 unique uh visitors to the website and about 30,000 page visits. So, I mean, that's a lot. Yeah. And we've been doing that for quite a while. This is building, but I'm a side gig guy too. Um, I actually worked full time and lived in Miami for three years for working for a laser company. My boss there loves me. I've ever since I've moved back here, um, he has, always used me we are the second largest uh, laser production company in the world we handle all of toyota corporate um carnival cruise lines uh, disney resorts so you can imagine they're based out of miami you can imagine when the pandemic hit that business went under faster than rideshare and he's been oh, around yeah. for 38 years oh, i mean wow. now all his contracts are in place but he called me i think it was maybe mid April, right when the care, right after the cares act was passed a couple of weeks. And he was just trying to get the year figured out. And he called me and we're on first name basis when we just talk. And then he's like, Hey, you know, so I'm like, well, what about any of my gigs that I had, you know, cause I had, uh, I actually was up in your neck of the woods. Cause I did, I had to fill in for somebody just before COVID doing the Elton John show shows up there. Mm. Uh, we had a guy that needed to get, go back to Florida 
And I went and did six cities for him for nine days so that he could go be with his wife and his kid. And then when I got back from that, it was like two weeks later, COVID was starting to like creep. Mm. And I was like, I was like, what the heck, you know? And so then the tour got canceled and all this, but that was my gig. So what I did was I live in Colorado. They're based in Miami. A lot of shows for him. Um, you know, he does, he'll do like, uh, I did Shania Twain in Europe, uh, two years ago. I did every, and now when I was gone for like a month, we did a lot of Europe. Um, but he'll do smaller corporate shows. He'll do like anything that's big enough to do the show and has the money behind it to do it. So there's a lot of shows we do in Vegas and at the Anaheim convention center. And so he uses me for those or used to primarily because I'm closer he can, we have a, a storage place in both Vegas and LA. Um, there, we have three storages, one's in New York, Vegas and LA, and then Miami's our primary location. Uh, but I could go there and I could get all the equipment I needed and everything. And he'd send me like one extra pair of hands or something, but I kind of had the West coast gigs covered. And when he called me, he said, and this is right after the pandemic thing. I'm like, so, you know, what does the year look like? He's like, I'm just, I'm just making all the last last of my calls today and yesterday. He said everything through New Year's is canceled. Everything. Mm, yeah. I was like, seriously. He's like, well, Carnival, our Carnival Cruise Line contract, I renegotiated, but it's it's in a suspension term where it doesn't even have a re uh, a return date. It just says we'll revisit every six months. Oh wow. You know, I mean, because they really have no, and I mean, still. I have a good I have a good pulse on that because I can always call my boss and say where is it because that's what that's our second largest account and he you know he's all over them about when and they just did a full installation over in Finland where they built a new carnival boat mm-hmm. and so he was with a lot of their execs like this is like four weeks ago he was over there um, so during COVID my boss is like seventy eight and runs around like he's nineteen. <laughs> um, he's crazy <laughs> he's yeah. even got yeah. more energy than me man it's nuts um but he uh like you know any idea on this and they were just kind of building the new ship and they're like no nothing still i guess they're starting to look at some things but they're kind of getting like i have a 14 year old son in high school so i'm like really dealing with all this hybrid and crazy stuff going on oh yeah and it feels it feels like that's where the cruise industry is though they're coming up with these stupid ideas to try and get because i've heard them even the ideas they're really dumb like how to get back how do we get back and make people feel safe about it and i've heard some of the ideas and like some not with carnival but like some of the ones that they're looking at from other companies to maybe look at their model or whatever i mean there's a couple companies going to two for ones to me that i mean that's the backwards strategy because you're going to scare people you know nobody's mm. going to want to come back on a two for yeah. two to cruise ships, because I don't know if you remember, man, but when the pandemic hit, I was actually oh, talking yeah. to my mom about this the other day, and she's like, I forgot about the cruise ships. I'm like, do you remember that they, you know, like they were, we left them out of, out in the sea for a month. Yeah. Even. Yeah. We weren't letting them port, and they'd have yeah, one was... case, and then everybody'd have it. We were ziplining them meds and food, and it's like. Yeah, it's pretty crazy. You know, it's like only one person on the boat has it. Yeah, I know. Here's all your food. You can't come to port. And then everybody'd have it. <laughs> you know it's like are you just leaving them out I, at first i was getting really worried like that i can't remember which boat it was but the one that was out in california for five weeks 
had three cases when they docked and they had to give him that port of Oakland dock. Uh, mm. When they docked him in Oakland and got him off, it was like 60% had it. Yeah. Yeah. But the, again, this is in the very beginning. And I was, you know, I was even curious to how do you even know they have it? We, we didn't have a test. Even the, met, the, the doctors didn't have a test yet. Yeah. We it was just, tough they just in the said, early yeah, days. you have COVID. Yeah. They were pretty much just like, looking at symptoms, I think at that time. And so when it happened, every, almost everybody I know, even drivers that I know who have been driving almost as long as me in other markets who have said, I'll never, ever do delivery. I don't want that in my car. Maybe they even do like, you know, they do ride share. Um, then they have, you know, they, they always have the extra seats, the, you know, the Chevy Suburban or whatever. Mm -hmm. And every day polishing the fender. And I mean, I always kept my car super clean too, but I have a RAV4. Um, you know, it's just so I'm just a normal vehicle. I can't see all the extras, but they went for that extra money and all that and went, went big. And um, they all, like, especially like I, I have one buddy up in Boise, Idaho, you know, not the biggest town, but he was like the one beautiful, big black car ride that you could get to the airport around town. Like pretty much there was only like two or three up in Boise that were really doing the, the, that kind of, those kind of rides for bigger money. And he was like, I'll never put food in my car. I don't want my car smelling like food. <laughs> like as soon as I had him on the podcast, as soon as we started the podcast, almost like weeks later, because he literally d pivoted only to food and he was like, yeah. I'll just, I'll do some food. And he's like, there's, he's like, there's no rides out there. And when there is, it's something sketchy. This is in May. And I, I think I fully agree with what he's saying that in May that, yeah, there was no ride share rides left, but when you did get one, it was always to a hospital. Yeah, so when I started sketchy. <laughs> yeah, so in March, I think I took my last uh I I stopped taking rides in March, second second or third week in March. My my employer sent us all home to work from home. And I didn't do I didn't do food delivery or anything until June. Because I mean because it's a side hustle, I didn't need to, and I'm not I'm not spending money on gas to drive to work, and I'm not spending money right. on lunch while I'm at work. So it was kind of one of those things of uh, why bother. And it wasn't until things actually started kind of opening up again here because we were on serious lockdown here in in New York. The whole state was because of New oh, York I know City. You were. Yeah. So it wasn't to me. It wasn't even worth it, and and I was still on some of the Facebook groups at the time, which I'm not on anymore. Uh, for for the local <laughs> local drivers, and some of those people yeah. were making some bank. I mean, because they were they were taking essential workers, and they were. I mean, they, these guys were making but, thirty forty bucks a trip. You know, but were they though? Well, I would fire I mean, up. My, I would fire up my app. And I would look here locally, and the surge was like I'd never seen it before. Oh, and okay. they okay. and, and they were all saying, every, everyone that I was talking to was saying, we can't keep up. We absolutely can't keep up with, with, the, with the requests. Because a lot of people in this area just do this part-time, and they don't drive full-time. And so right. – 
you just lost like 80% of the number of drivers that you needed, but we still had people that needed to go to work at Walmart and the grocery stores and uh, the government buildings and, I mean, all that kind of stuff. So, so they were, I mean, based on what I could, what I could tell, they were making some pretty good money. So in June, I started doing, occasionally I would do a ride and I started doing food delivery. And just even in June, I was, I, I mean, I was making for one ride, I was making more money than I made in a long time. Uh, and, and the food delivery was even, which in this area, you don't see surge for food delivery on Uber Eats. I was seeing surge on Uber Eats. So, uh, you know, I kind of looked at it. I was like, oh, man, I could have been making a lot more money <laughs> giving people rides to work yeah. in the morning. But on the other hand, <laughs> I was also like, well, you know what? I don't want to have to deal with the hassle of telling people to wear a mask. Uh, because even in June, because oh, yeah. I, even in June, after it had been a while that the policy had been, you got to wear a mask. Well, now it's summertime. People don't want to wear a mask in the summer. And oh, all uh, the way to August, September, October. I know where you're going. Yeah, yeah. Everybody. And so, so it just if, got if to people the, were that hardcore. They wouldn't do it. They'd rather fight you. Right, right. So it was just getting to the point <laughs> where I was like, you know, even though I'm only doing the occasional ride, it seems like I'm getting all the butt heads. Uh, right. So I'm just not going to do rides anymore. Um, yeah. And I just started doing food. Just started doing pretty much only food delivery, and. Uh, I mean, it's it's working out fairly well. Yeah, uh, I mean, it's it's crazy how it flipped here. I, I can't say for there, but like here again, we have a lot of younger people who don't own vehicles, who live in the city, who always like to do things. So there's a lot of moving. There's a lot of need for. And this is something when I have dri other drivers on from other markets. Um, I know you podcast and you kind of finger on this pulse and stuff. Some people have a a great pulse on their market, but they really don't understand the dynamics of how, how much different market to market is. Oh yeah. yeah I mean, that's true. if you take, and, and I mean, even if you take equivalent size cities, it might just be night and day what's going on. You might take city a with population 700,000 that 90% use Lyft and DoorDash. And then city B might use, um, Uber and uh, um, Uber Eats, ninety percent. Yeah, and they're seven hundred thousand. And yeah. it's just, and you might not get as much volume in City B as City A, but City A might have better weekdays. I mean, it is so night and day. When I get into the nitty gritty with some people of market to market, um, it's so crazy because, like, they'll see. Back in the day, when I used to post a lot of my earnings, they're like, "You can't make that all the time." I'm like. No, you can't. I've been doing this six years. I know my fishing spots. I know my times. And I know that to make the, my, the most money that I do, I know that I, I know ahead of time, even if I don't have something going on or something on my calendar, I know I'm giving up prime time of my week if I want to make bank. Yeah. Yeah. And I said, and there, and you know, I've had people say, well, even if I do that, you know, well, I, I can only work these times. Okay, well, that's part of it, I'm sure. And then it's market to market. Well, 
Even if I work those, though, I can't do it. Well, again, market to market. Your people might have cars and only use Uber when they have to. But here in Denver, a lot of people choose, no, I don't want a car. I don't want a car payment. I don't want to pay monthly parking. I don't want to have my car um, scratched up because a lot of the parking lots aren't secure. It's not like Denver's a slum at all, but, I mean, yeah. they're just not – they're not patrolled. They're not secure. So you're, sometimes you're walking, you know, a half a mile to your to – your, uh, apartment building downtown and you've got this like if you know if you saw the parking space you'd laugh it's just like it looks like overflow parking for like a rockies game or something yeah so i didn't you're just kind of this yeah i've only been believe it or not i've only been driving since may of 2019 um and i dude that's still two years or it's almost two years almost two years to, to be what i call a veteran and you know you know well, so so here's the deal, though. <laughs> I studied the market before I got into it. I went online. I watched videos. Um, I I talked to a, a, a friend. Uh, I had a coworker who did Uber uh, on the side. I talked to him about, about how he did it. And I, I just don't, I mean, I, I guess I do understand it. People get advertised to, and they see, oh, you can make blah, 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 much money just doing this part-time because they see this this advertisement or whatever from Uber or Lyft or whoever it may be, and they don't take the time to actually think about, okay, what how what's it going to take for me to make $1,000, an extra $1,000 in, in a month or in three months or whatever their goal is, and they don't break it down. And I'm an IT guy by trade, so I'm a problem solver by trade. Uh, and so I so, looked at hey, it so as much. a problem, you know. <laughs> so what what is a what do we need to get out of this? How do we need to do it? And and I mean, in the beginning, I I experimented. I took every ride that that came up, and I started noticing patterns. I was just I was just looking today because you because I I suspected you you would want to know how long it was since I was driving. I'm actually looking at my first trip, which I took after I got off work. And I picked up someone probably about a quarter of a mile from where I work. And I drove them a mile downtown to a bar. Uh, you know, it was $3.66. You know, it was a fir- first ride. It was the first ride I took and uh, didn't get a tip. <laughs> you know, so... <laughs> Uh, but I had I had a clean car. I, I, I and it was it was my first ride, and I think I ended up that first week. Uh, yeah, I made I made two hundred sixteen dollars that first week, just doing rides in the morning and then rides rides in the in, in the afternoons and some evenings. So sure, I, I did. I mean, for the first week of just not even, I would say not even trying. I, I really didn't even try. Uh, and then I think probably by the end of by the time the track season started, I had an idea of what I wanted to do on a day to day basis. And now I had the track season and I had to learn how to deal with the track season, which is just a whole other animal because you have to decide, are you going to sit in queues to pick up people at the end of the track day? Do you want, you know, where oh, do you want to? It's like that. I mean, it's like, it's uh, like a airport oh, staging lot. Oh, it's, 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 well, it's not a staging lot, but you're in line. Basically you have to go, you have to go to the, there's only one location where you're allowed 
to pick up and drop off. And so it just creates this long line of people who want to get in and out. And then you got people who want to get in the car right on the street. And you're like, look, I can't let you in on the street. Okay. <laughs> the police are going to, are going to ticket. So me where down. does, where do all the drivers go? There's a, there's a parking lot. There's a parking lot that the drivers can go and wait in. Uh, and when if, you, and when you pull in, you get put into the queue, you get put into the queue. Yeah. 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 Unless, oh, yeah, it's like a... unless you're, uh, unless you're, it, it really, it's just like, it's kind of like uh, most airports where if you're far enough out, you might actually get a better deal <laughs> where you might get a ping because it went through so many drivers in the queue <laughs> that, right. that, that you get the ping. So that happened a couple times, but mostly I just did, I mostly just did drop-offs at, at the track. So and and what would happen oftentimes what would happen is while i was on my way there to drop someone off i would get a ping to pick someone up as well so it 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 worked out it worked out pretty well in in the long run um but i mean the track season was just that that could be quite quite the nightmare um just because it's just so congested there and and oftentimes i would I would wait until about an hour after the track got out because now people oh. were, they were back at their hotel or back at the home that they were staying at. And now they were ready to go downtown and go down to the bars. And so I would transport me. That was, that was a little bit, it wasn't as hectic as dealing with having to get into that parking, that, that pickup lot. Um, and then they changed they change the location from one year to the next, and it was just it was just a nightmare. It was just an absolute nightmare. A lot of the so a I lot think, of the I think all, all of us veterans have a lot of, have our own ways basically of determining. I mean, I did, and it changed every year. Of how, you know, like even if my best luck was after the first couple of years, I did it. There was so much money that you could just do it anytime and make tons. Right. I mean, this was when it was just, it was insane. Um, and then every year I kind of had to modify it. And like I had my way of like, I scheduled out my week, you know? So like if I was doing like a laser show for 10 days in Houston, then I might come back here and have three down weeks. So instead of it being like it is for you, like part-time, it was like part-time, full-time. So uh, when yeah, I wouldn't be yeah. doing laser work. I'd be here in town and I'd have time with my son. And I, you know, I only had to work like 30 hours, but sometimes I get a little bored and just work more because I don't have any other work coming up for three weeks. You know, I'm just sitting at the house, you know, like why not work a little more? Um, so I do. So it was basically like I was full time, but I, so I'd schedule out my week. You know, I'd look at the week and say, Oh, my son has this going on. I have this going on on Saturday. I'm doing this. And then I'd look at what I have and try and pick those best shifts. But I was never, ever, I mean, I knew that some nights it just, the, the pop just hadn't happened yet. Yeah. You can just feel that feeling. But there were some nights that, I mean, I was always that guy who wasn't scrambling at the end of the week to make my thousand or whatever, my number that for me had to work. Sure. I was the guy who set my hours and, you know, might say on Tuesday, an hour and a half in, I'm calling it. 
but not in a way like some drivers get lazy and say they're calling it. I just knew this isn't going to be a night I'm going to make enough money for me to stay out. Yeah. You know, yeah. To, for, for me, I had to be, I had to be in the 20 plus uh, because I had to be, or, you know, some, and even really, I, I really like to make 25 an hour plus minimal. If I'm not yeah. doing that, I really didn't like being out. Yeah, yeah, and 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 I'm the same way. I know a lot of people like to try and look at dollars per mile, and 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 yeah. I and I understand that, but it's like I said, it really depends on your market. If you're in a place that's densely populated, you can say, "All right, I want to make X number of dollars per mile," but I mean, in the end, um, really, it's it's for me, it's time. Because like you, I, I mean, I have a family. I've got five kids living at home with me um, wow. right now <laughs> out, of, out of the seven that I have. Uh, oh, my gosh. <laughs> so, so with me, it was always, okay, uh, I'm willing to get up an hour earlier and take people to work in the morning. And the nice thing yep, about what, what I think a lot, what a lot of people don't realize that, that they're missing out on is okay so these are people who are regularly going to take uber to work and they're not as likely to tip that has been my experience it might be different in other markets however they're going to work they uh, they want it yeah. quiet they are not going to be drunk they're not going to throw up in your car they're not going to be belligerent they just want to get from point a to point b and guess what you're paying me to do it <laughs> Yeah, uh, and, and and I'm happy to do that. Or I'm taking to someone, taking someone to catch an early flight uh, from the airport, and you know they'll tip obviously because that they're they're flying out and you wouldn't pick them up. But to me, it was not. If if I was going to plan something, it was okay. How much extra money do I want to make this week? When it was if I wanted to do nights or. Or something, or uh, you know, maybe do one evening uh, a week or something like that. Um, but it it's just it's just a matter of you know you have to decide what what you're willing to deal with and how how you want to model your your business basically, right? Because because that's what you have. You've, you've, you've got a business. And uh, it would be really nice if writers understood that, that, hey, this is this is my business and I have I have right to refusal. <laughs> and, uh, right. and, and, and and when you're doing those um, when you're doing those trips to and from work, those are a lot those are people that are a lot more in my experience, a lot more understanding and, and you're not going to catch as much flack from them when you're driving them early in the morning. And plus, I mean, I, uh, I was tracking the extra miles that I drove because I knew how, how many miles I was driving to work. And, and if you did the dollars per mile thing, um, and you looked at the extra miles, I'm making six, seven bucks a, bucks a mile on Uber X. So because on right. the extra miles, because I drove five extra miles that morning because I picked someone up in Saratoga and drove them 20 miles down the road and it was only an extra mile or two 
to, to work. So, um, so it was really, it was really, that was, that to me at the time was what was important is how much extra time am I spending and how many extra miles am I driving? It's completely different now because I'm not driving anywhere. Um, except right. for, you know, to go to the grocery store or to go to church or whatever. Um, so, so it, it, this is, it's all extra miles now. So I do think about it a little bit more, you know, do I really want to take a, 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 a delivery that's going to be under a dollar fifty a mile? Probably not. But I've always felt like sometimes you got to take the, the, take a junk delivery, I did one the other night a couple of weeks ago and it was, it was the last one of the night I was finishing up a quest and it was like a seven, it was a $7 trip from Burger King. And I, I get out to the lady's house and I'm dropping the food off and I'm, you know, and I'm messaging her back and forth. She says, thanks so much. I'm, I'm, I'm really sick. Thanks for bringing this out to me. She tips me $25 you know, on a Burger King order. <laughs> and yeah. so, so every once in a while, you, you just, you kind of take that chance and, uh, and it was close to where I lived anyway. So I, I was going to call it a night, may as well take one more, one more delivery out in that direction. And it ended up, it ended up really, really paying out for me that night. I think I made $33 an hour that night. And, um, I think the last hour I made close to $57 an hour because of that tip. <laughs> but, uh, right. but, uh, you know, it's just, you, you really have to decide why are you, why are you in it? And, and I, I totally respect the people who are, who are doing this because I lost my job. So I have to take oh, absolutely yeah. everything that I can get my hands on. Um, but, you know, but I think, I think too, that, you know, maybe you don't, maybe, maybe you could find something else to do and let this be the supplement. I mean, or if, not, if, or not be the supplement at all, because to be <laughs> honest, um, I have worked in the service industry, bars, restaurants, um, you name it. I mean, doing production, even though that's not service, I'm just used to using my hands if it's not my job, like I, if that's not my job has never existed in my vocabulary at any job I've ever had. Mm. Um, only people in the service industry know that, that old quote, that's yeah. not my job. Well, then you're fired, <laughs> you know, like cause right. everything's your job. But I just honestly, it's like when I was bartending for all the years that I did it, um, not just bartenders, but everybody in the bar, just some people are not meant to do that job, even if they're outgoing people and fun, they're right. just not meant to do it. And it's, I mean, it would be like, you know, I mean, I mean it's just something night you gotta, you gotta take like, what, what's the last thing in the world that you'd be good at. And then think that it was this easy to get into it and think, well, I'll just do it anyway. I mean, some people just can't handle it. And I think that's a big problem. I mean, that's part of the market-to-market -market problem. I've talked to drivers all over this country for years um, for the website, other things that I've been doing. I've, I've you know, talked to uh, news publications, other things. But 
it really is market to market and it is people to people. You know, some people that take this job and within the first day or two realize I'm not, no fucking way. This is not working for me. <laughs> um, there's no way I'm doing this. Uh, I, I can't believe I was letting people in my car. I mean, I've heard a lot. I've, I've known people who have started sure. stop that quickly. I've known people who tried to tough it out. I've known people who turned on at home and didn't accept every ride. And I was like, what are you doing? I mean, <laughs> you know, I always, I always have this, like, I, I go with my feeling with my gut all the time. Yep. And I always had, and I just, I know that the algorithm says that this is not a fact and I've looked into it. It, it straight up states it. This, that's not true, but I think it is. I think that if you're in a certain radius and I don't know what it is to your house and you turn on and they see you not move, I don't think they give you priority on rides. Yeah, yeah, I'm not a, I'm not a hundred percent sure got, on I've that. Got, I've but... done it. I've turned on, I've turned on during a base, like a, let's say a day baseball game, and I'm watching it, for, keeping an eye on it from home while I'm doing some uh, computer work, and all of a sudden I'm not watching it, and I realize, you know, I'm like they must be in about the seventh, and I turn it over, and the ninth just ended, and I'm like, mm. oh crap, you know, and I got to get downtown. I see the surge is going crazy, so I'll turn on at home. Yeah, I'll get a ping. But like, yeah. if it's just any given morning and I turn on at home, I'll get a ping, but I feel like sometimes it would take 30, 40 minutes where if I drive and I get a great signal at my house, it's nothing about that. But if I drive like a mile away from my house, even park, if I drive and make a cup of coffee at home, drive over to the park and park my car at the park, um, that's in a different located area and I'm over a mile from my house, I felt like I got to ride in two minutes. Yeah, I don't. I don't know. I, I have kind of noticed this with with deliveries. Uh, I I do deliveries on DoorDash as well as Uber Eats. But one of the things that I've noticed is, um, you might get that. I, I might get that first ping, and then if it's something that I don't want, it'll be fifteen or twenty minutes before I, before I get another one. And so usually, what I will do is I will take the first one that I get. And then after that, it's nonstop. Um, even, even if it's a junk, even if it's a junk, junk, uh, junk delivery. But once I take that first one, it's, it's just nonstop at, at that point. And especially now we've got college students back in town. I mean, I can go from downtown, which is downtown to the college campus is about a mile and a half. So I can run deliveries back and forth. I can do six deliveries in an hour, you know, um, which okay. is absolutely unheard of, right? If you get four, most, you're doing, it, again, you're, yeah. there's a mark, there's a market to market comparison that I could put you on the phone with 10 people. I know who would literally call you a liar. Yeah. Yeah. I know. I know. <laughs> and, they and, would. And, and again, you'd, you'd just be like, dude, it's, this is my market, man. Yeah. This is, yeah. You well, don't know. And, Have you ever been here? No. Like, yeah, and hey, and, and some of those would be stacked. Some of those would be stacked. I'm not saying I'm going back and forth six times. Um, but but I mean I've had on DoorDash, I've had triple stacked orders. Um right. so I mean that's Again, I, I that's mean, that's three deliveries. You know, whether or not just because it's in one <laughs> you know, one uh one ping doesn't mean it's not three deliveries. I guess it depends on on how you want to define it, but I am going to three different locations, therefore it is three different deliveries. 
Uh, right. And, and my, my favorite one was when I got, uh, <laughs> I got once, one summer, I got, I got three, three deliveries. And the first pickup was at Ben and Jerry's. And it was the last person to be dropped off. And I had just started on DoorDash. And I'm like, oh, this dude's screwed. His ice cream's going to be melted by the time I get there. <laughs> sure. You know, um, but uh, and I probably should have delivered this guy's ice cream first. But just the way that it worked, it was kind of like he was at the end of the line. And I don't understand at all why DoorDash did that. They should have seen that it was a Ben and Jerry's order and said, oh, maybe not stack this with a bunch of other orders. But uh, don't they I mean, don't you have a uh, freezer bags and stuff? I do. But I mean, oh. by the time by the time you get to the last, I mean, three orders, it's going to take, yeah. you know, between stopping at the, at the, at each individual restaurant and picking up the orders. The time of year too. Yeah. It was the summer. <laughs> it was August. Right. I know. I was just thinking like, yeah, I mean, I guess it depends on time of year. I'm in yeah. Colorado. So, you know, it's, it can get pretty chilly, but yeah. I don't so know by the would... time I got to the last, to, to this last guy, um, you know, it was, uh, it, it was, it was partially melted. And the, I mean, I kept texting the guy saying, look, I'm sorry. They, they want me to drop these other ones off first. Uh, and you know, otherwise I would have been, I would have been basically, I would have been late if I had gone to this guy first and then done the other two, I would have been late to the other two. So and the other and, two would have seen you doing weird stuff on the route. Exactly. Exactly. And I, you know, I know. Or once you got on their route radar anyway. Right. Right. And one of the, one of the things that I, especially when I'm doing Uber Eats, it, not so much when I'm doing DoorDash because the directions go out to, you know, they go out to Google Maps or whatever or Waze. But because Uber Eats has the built-in navigation, I, I don't, I follow those Nearly a hundred percent. Nearly all the time, I will follow those uh, route directions because what I've noticed is if you if you take a shortcut, uh, if you take a long cut, <laughs> even though even though time wise it might be shorter, but the mileage uh, is longer, uh, you're going to get yep. screwed on that trip. You're going to get screwed. Uh, so yep. I just, I follow the directions that the app gives me. And that way, if, if there's ever a complaint about the food was cold or it took too long, I can say, well, you can look in the app, you can see the route that I took. And those were the directions that, that were provided. Uh, fortunately that hasn't happened, but, um, I mean, I get, I get the whole idea of you want to get there faster because you want to do another order, but but you won't if, if it's a mile more, and I know what what is it? It's only like another sixty cents or whatever. But but you do that enough, and Uber's going to look and say, "What is this guy doing?" You know, he's driving all over the place, uh, and he's not following the directions. Now, I guess if you port the directions out to Google Maps or something like that, they have no control over that. But they're still going to monitor the total miles. And so if you go too well, far they, over they, those total they actually, miles. They actually do, dude. Like, I mean, for rideshare, for example, you know, all the years I did it, I used Waze. Uh-huh. Now, again, Waze, Waze is almost like um, we were just talking about before market to market. I know some people who are like, dude, my city Waze can't find anything. Leads me to alleys and dead buildings. <laughs> well, in this market, Waze is, Waze is spot on. Yeah. And Uber's way off. And Google Maps is even off. 
but mm. ways gets you where you go exactly never misses but like you had you know you have the opportunity in the lyft and uber app to say i'd rather use ways as my navigation system right. please and you just have it open it says please launch whenever i have a ride but they're still tracking it on uber but the way, the nice thing about rideshare when it comes to that kind of thing is like for example here in Colorado, if you're downtown and you need to get to DIA, the airport, you got to take 70. And there's a ton of construction, has been for years, and it's getting worse. But I knew times of days, like at 3 p.m., we have a little earlier rush than most cities. Our rush starts pretty early. And I could say to somebody, hey, listen, you know, if they're getting in the car at a hotel and they need to get to the airport, they're not from here. And they're looking at the route and they're like, oh, my God, 50 minutes. I'm like, I can make it in about 40. It's about 15 extra miles. I got to take 76, but I will be there 10 minutes ahead of that time. Mm, right. And because I'm looking at because I'm looking at ways and it's showing me my routes and I can see one that's 11 minutes faster. Right. And so I'm, and I know that route and I know that that time of day. Yeah. I 76 has nobody on it. I can haul and 70 is gridlock. Which also, you know, not even if they were the same amount of time, nobody wants to sit in gridlock. I, I found almost every passenger would rather go 15 miles out of the way and pay for it than be stopped. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. I mean, it's nice that you're able to say that to a passenger, though, like, because when you're doing food, you can't. But with when you get a rider in at a hotel, you can say, well, even if they don't say, oh, my God, this is how long it's going to be. You could say, hey, I, Uber's showing me that I should take I-70, but um, I know better and uh, I can get us there a little quicker. It's just. It's a little out of the way. I didn't want you guys freaking out, but I wanted to at least offer it to you. And I've had most people just say, hey, you live here. Get me to the airport quickest. Yeah. Um, so, but, so, so, but I have had the people who are like, no, 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 don't vary from the route. And I'm, that always made me very glad that I asked them because mm-hmm. had I not, we all know what's coming. A one star, no tip, and some bad remarks. Yeah, yeah. So in this area, you end up dropping people off like in the boondocks all the time. So one of the things I always say is, look, if you know a faster or a better way to get there, just let me know. And and if they're – I've got a dash cam. If they're saying take a right here, take a left here, yeah, yeah. I, I've got it on camera if they complain about it. Um, so uh, so – Usually I, those I, people tip really well too though. If yes, they do. Yes, they do. I took a dude – I t- They're like, I picked, thank you. I picked up a guy <laughs> one night and his girlfriend from a party. Uh, it was, a, it was a, a, a Halloween party. And I picked him up and he, and he gets in the car and he's got like eight plastic bags with him. He said, look, listen, my girlfriend, she's sick. She's probably going to end up throwing up. I said, look, just let me know and we'll pull over. Just let me know when it happens. So we pulled over about three or four times uh, on the on the way, take, taking them home. And we we get to the house, and he's like, I'm so sorry. I'm like, look, just, he said, I'll pay for any cleaning. We look in the back, and she hit the bag every single time. I was just like... <laughs> That was the night, and I and I'm I'm on my way home for the night. I said, "That's it. I'm calling it a night. I don't, I just don't want to deal with this anymore." And the tip comes through. It was a seventy five dollar tip, and he said, "This was the most that Lyft would let me give you." I really appreciate you being patient with me. <laughs> so, uh, you know, it, it's just you. There are some people in the in 
in the area, you pick them up, you know who they are, they appreciate the ride, they appreciate what you're doing for them. And those are those are the best those are the best ones in my opinion. Um, and, and if you can get those it's people, it's instinct, right? Exactly. Because like you, like like me, I'm 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 starting to gather that you're you're like me in that way. Like you can read, you know those people, you can tell like, and it's not just about the tip, but you know they're going to be happier, they're going to have a better day, they're going to tip probably. It's just going to be a nicer ride, and you don't care because if they know the city well enough, and if usually those type of people do know what they're talking about. Hey, there's some construction up here. Can you take this other way because it's going to save us about ten minutes. Yep. So usually, like, I'll sometimes I won't, but sometimes I'll even know what they're talking about, and I'll be like, oh, okay, this dude totally knows what he's talking about. Yep. Yeah, absolutely. Because I, I know exactly what he's saying. Like, why to avoid this and don't do. And so I'm like, yeah, dude, give me turn-by-turn directions, you know, I'll take you exactly the way you want to go. Well, and especially when you're dealing, especially in a smaller market, when you're going to be taking people 10 miles from a city center, you, you, if they're sober enough, (laughs) you want their expertise, you know, you, you want them telling you where to turn because, I mean, even Waze or Google Maps or Uber or whoever it is, is going to, they might take you just some weird way. And I've had plenty, plenty of times where someone has said, no, don't turn here. Keep going straight. Uh, It'll take us half the time. And the, you know, because they tend to want to keep you on as the, the main roads as much as possible, but that can because they don't want you going down these windy roads because they're more dangerous, you know, especially at, you know, 10 o'clock at night. Uh, and, and you got deer running all over the place. Um, right. But, but the passenger will be like, no, man, this is like five minutes faster. And, and they want to get home. And I, I mean, sure, I want to, I want to, I want to make the extra money by, by having them in the car longer and, and driving farther. But also I want to get onto the next ride as well. So if I can drop that person off and then, you know, hightail it back into town, uh, that, that's going to be better for me in, in the long run. It's going to be better for them in the long run. And it's like you said, you just, you just know I've gotten people in the car and they're like, no, no, turn here. And I, and I'll just say, I need to follow the directions on the, (laughs) on the app. You know, you're just like, no, I was just going to bring up the guy who's not like, who's not so drunk, pissed drunk. You didn't let him in the car, but he's, but he's a little buzzed and he's got his girlfriend or something. He's just wanted to play big guy. Yeah. And, yeah. And be that guy who's like demeaning the driver because he's that type of person. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. like, dude, you don't know what you're doing. Turn here. Like, those are the kind of people where I'd be like, yeah, I, I have to follow the route, sir. So. Right. Right. And, and, and it's just, it's just, you, you have to have, you almost, you have to have a sixth sense, really, if you're doing you this. You do. Um, you do. It's why, it's why I compared it to bartending because. You got to have like we. I worked at an island bar with three bartenders. There would mm-hmm. be three to four people deep after a baseball game. So I'm taking orders three to four people back over other heads. Mm. I mean, it's it was a loud, rambunctious bar. You know, we had about 180 fire capacity, but got it up to about 270 after games. <laughs> um, so it was like three of us and two servers. But we were like we're one of the littler bars in Lodo, but we're literally right across the street from the home plate entrance. Mm. So you pass by us to go to all the other bars and a lot of people knew us and they just, they loved coming to us. We had lots of drink specials, but 
we would get so jammed. I mean, I've had bartenders that, you know, the, like that we hired in who were really good at other places, not downtown. So not as high a volume and we'd bring them in and they would just suck. So I always learned, let's just promote barbacks within who have been here for a year who know this bar, because if you don't know downtown, you can't do this. Hmm. I mean, it really, it, I, I honestly believe, and I mean, I know a lot of jobs, you know, you go to college for it, you know what you're doing, or you don't, because you went to college and you got to learn on the job <laughs> anyway, but you just go through that kind of routine. But then there's the jobs like these where, dude, it does take a specific person. You can't get flighty. You can't, you can't be slow. You can't stand in people's way. You can't be like trying to get a grip on the industry. It's almost like you're, you're just expected to be a plus at it the first day you're there. Right. And so if you're, if you're not go, and I'm not saying that then you can't work in the bar industry, but if you're not go find an Applebee's and get a day shift for six months and have two customers all day, just so you can kind of learn the bar. Yeah. Don't and, go and, into the heaviest volume bar and say, I have experience and get fired in three days or quit go to, you know, learn, learn and go see, go to a slower, easier place, not right downtown where fights happen and all this stuff, but you make so much money. You know, I mean, there's, there's nights I bartended where I, you know, I'd, I'd be the last person on, we always want to be last person on on the Friday or Saturday, but you last person on Friday, come on at like eight, you know, last calls at one forty-five. count money till about three you're out of there by four. Well, from eight to four, I'd walk out of there with 450 bucks in tips. Yeah. 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 I mean, that's pretty good for an eight hour shift plus, you know, free meal. And <laughs> yeah, absolutely. You know, and just, and just, you know, at the time I was a little bit younger, the lifestyle, because I like the service industry, the lifestyle was good, but, um, the money was great, but now you can go to an Applebee's and you can count on making nothing. <laughs> and actually <laughs> yeah. that's what I actually with a lot of people I've compared AB five to that because I don't know if you're aware of this cause you're up in that area. You might be, but Michigan tried something that uh, Maine did where they tried to get a uh, minimum wage to servers and Maine mm. actually passed it. This is many years ago. You might remember this. Um, and they had to, they had all the servers protested at the Capitol in Maine and had to get it overturned because it was voted on. And people decided that and, and what it was going to make is all the all the all the privately or the mom and pop bars and the non chain bars were going to go out of business because they weren't going to be able to afford to have the good servers and the, you know, because nobody's going to want to work minimum wage because we all know what happens. There's not going to be as many shifts. There's not going to people aren't going to want to tip as much. Um, I mean, you're just. I don't know. You're just, you're not going to, it's just not the same feeling. So when you did that, it made like a person who works in the afternoon, get $12 an hour and just sit behind the bar and maybe clean it a little bit for the people who really work at night and deal with like two customers all day. And they yeah. still make 60 bucks. Whereas like here in Colorado, you know, a lot of people don't know this either, but minimum wage for service industry isn't minimum wage. Like it's three thirty. Or you know, years ago it was three thirty-five for a bartender an hour because yeah, it's the you same. Better not be taking because you better not be taking the job for that three thirty-five. You're taking <laughs> yeah. the job for the tips, and yeah. if they're not going to do it for you, or you're not that kind of person, then don't take it. 
But to, when Michigan tried to make that law, it was crazy because my family's invested in a ton of bars in Michigan State and University of Michigan. And yeah. so we very hard fought that, and it barely didn't pass. It almost passed. Yeah, we have a culture of tipping here in the U.S. I grew up in I grew up in Germany, and and you didn't tip in Germany because everyone got paid, you know, whatever whatever they got paid. Um, uh, and, and so when when we moved to the states, that was something that kind of shocked me. It's like, what what do you mean they don't get paid? <laughs> they have to rely on tip, t- tips to get paid. And I don't know if you recall this, but. When Uber first started, their big thing was the tip is included, right? Be, when when they were paying out right. seventy, when it was seventy thirty, so so that the the tip well, is just included. So you, just so you, just so you know, I started at ninety ten. Oh really? Oh wow! I started at ninety ten, dude. Holy smokes! And yeah, so there weren't, and it's when they wanted everybody to. There weren't enough drivers, and they were still building the customer base. Mm-hmm. So like the mm-hmm. customer base was still building, so they're like, maybe we don't have enough customers. Yeah, you did. You didn't have near enough drivers. I mean, I any time I worked, I didn't have one down second. Boom, mm. boom, 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 yeah. and I'm making ninety ten. And even though I at the time though you you couldn't see the the full receipt, right? You know what I mean? Yeah. Like you couldn't see customer paid, Uber took. Here's the fees. Here's your cut. You just you just were. It was ninety ten. And you were making so much money, you didn't need to see the split. Yeah, yeah. Like I, yeah. at least for me, I'm like, I don't need to look. It, it only got that way years later when they switched and started even notching me down because obviously, um, like a friend of mine signed up, a couple friends of mine signed up like a year after me, and they got like eighty or eighty five, um, and I was getting ninety, and I was still getting ninety. So I felt grandfathered in, but then they just pulled it all together and everybody was getting the same. Yeah. And I mean, honestly, if, if they would go to that 70, 30, even just at 70, 30, I would be happy if they would say, and the tip is included. Right. Um, but I think what ha- what started happening was, was drivers were, people were asking if, if there was a way to tip them and they didn't have cash because they were used to using, just using the app. And so when, so then Uber rolls that in and says, aha, (laughs) you know, just like, just like any other service industry, we can, we can rely on the customer to make up uh, for, for, for what we would normally, normally pay them. And, and I can kind of see that, I can see that angle, but for me, the, the biggest issue for me right now um, which is why I, I actually may not go back to, to driving. I may just stay doing doing delivery. Um, is we we see this we've seen this push. Uh, it was mostly happening towards the end of last year of of rider safety, and I believe rider safety is important. But I mean, I'm looking on your website, and you've got an article right there about you know a, a driver having been attacked. 
and it's it's always well, been we have every we have every driver attack on there for the i mean i have some passenger ones too don't get me wrong right right but we have every driver attack for the last four years that the that the things been that we've had the website yeah they're all on there like yeah you can look up the one from arizona which was the most gruesome ever yeah so uh, it's interesting to me that me as a driver i have to provide some kind of positive identification in order to be on the platform for the safety of the rider. Um, but the rider does not have to provide any, any identification. They don't have to have a or real name. They don't have to provide a real name. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> and, and so I, I'm like, well, if you really want things to be safe, then why aren't you providing that? And, and, and I understand that in some markets, there are there are probably people who who don't have identification okay they don't have a government id i get that um but on, on the other hand i think the vast majority of the people that use the service have some form of id that 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 they should be required oh to provide you know as and as well as an accurate picture and an, and an accurate uh name i should not be picking up Bonerface 69 um, and that's and that's the thing i mean i literally there's parts of denver and aurora where same thing here i mean like i've i had one person who had a pic the picture was like of the it you couldn't see the whole face but you could see the mouth and it was the nastiest grill it had like gold <laughs> like the crappy gold teeth everywhere and it just was i was like okay that's just stock imagery he found some crappy photo and then it, what, what was the name? It was, uh, oh, the, so the name of the passenger was straight up psycho. <laughs> okay. Right. So now, excuse me, when he gets to the car and I'm clarifying who he is, since I don't have a picture, are you straight up psycho? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> like, I exactly. am. Motherfucker. Like, I, I don't yeah. want that guy, dude. <laughs> yeah. But right. then, so we had a lot of underage issues here. Um, mm. oh, people yeah. using their parents' app and a lot of heist. I mean, so I actually got on a safety. So when I started, I was mostly Uber. And then I got, for two years, I only did Lyft, and I barely ever drove Uber because Lyft was going in the complete right direction here. It was mm -hmm. doing awesome. It was paying better. Surges were better. Everything was better before Lyft, after those two years, started following everything Uber did. And it was like, why'd you just do that? You were like, everything was going better. People had a better view on Lyft, at least in this market. But Lyft, I was on their board about the kids. And I was also, I was, so I was talking to these, I was talking to their security group. Um, like, I don't know, in the beginning every week. And then it was like every other week, then every month. Every time I would talk to them, I'd be on for like 30 to, you know, an hour and a half just shy of an hour and a half. You never know what questions they had. And they'd always send me 50 bucks on the app for having that conversation with them. And they uh -huh. appreciated that I knew had a handle on this because I would call in every underage person. I had my camera facing, but then I also talked about the names and stuff. And I actually had an upper, upper supervisor at Lyft tell me straight up. And it was probably something that in their book says, never do this. And he just felt comfortable enough. And of course I never, I mean, I didn't report it or get him in trouble, but I feel like he did something that he even knew he shouldn't. Cause I had mentioned, I had talked to him a few times and I had mentioned things like this. And he finally, I think was like, look, you're just too smart. And I got to tell you this because I'm sick of bullshitting with you. And, and he, and he didn't say it that way, but he was just like, you know, he's like, when we started, 
He's like, honestly, and for just up until recently, we encouraged people to, when they signed up, use a fun picture and use a fun handle name. He was like, we didn't even say, you know, if you want to, you can. He's like, we told them to do it. And and I said to him, I said, I said, well, then send out an email to all your clients and say, hey, that was a fun way to start Lyft. But we unfortunately, or because of safety, however you want to word it, um, and safety of our drivers and passengers, we do have to go to real names so that the drivers are able to check you. I said one email like that or two for two weeks and then switch it over to that is not going to piss anybody off. Right. And if it does, they don't belong on the platform. And I know they don't want to turn away any business, but that is the business they should look at is, you know, like if you think that you're going to lose some business, it's not going to be a percent like you think. And the percent that it is, is probably the ones raping people, kidnapping, stealing cars, because otherwise, why would they care? Or, or, or filing or false reports to get free rides or, <laughs> you know, yeah. what, what, what have you. Yeah. I mean, I just, I, I got in the habit of, you know, if some weird name came across, no, I'm not, I'm not going to pick you up. Sorry. Uh, if that doesn't look like a real name, I'm not, I'm not picking you up. Uh, you can let some, someone else can pick you up and deal with it. And you might be a, a perfectly nice person, but, but I'm not, uh, I'm not going to do that. Uh, it's just because, and, and and the other interesting thing too is the whole. Oh, you have to confirm my name. No, actually, actually, I don't. You have to verify that you're getting in the right vehicle, and there's information that tells you that you're getting in the right vehicle. Uh, and right, this is my name. I hated that. Yeah, yeah. Well, and there's there's this whole and and there's this whole program, right, that Uber and Lyft got into because this one girl got into the wrong car, and I guess her parents had some money, and and started this this nonprofit organization. And and they're all on board with it, saying, "Oh yeah, we want you. We want you to have the drivers ask the person's name, ask the passenger's name." But there's no way for me to verify that that's the passenger. Hey, are you Lisa? And there's 18 Lisas over there. You know, I mean, <laughs> yeah, it, it's just not. It it, it just doesn't. It, they tried the pin thing for a while, which I'm all for. I, I'll do. I'll do too, the security but they, but pin they did, thing. But they... You're you're a tech guy, so am I, and I think you'll realize this too. I'm all for the pin thing, and that could have been something that could have worked, but they did it wrong. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. (laughs) No, I mean, the way that – it's like, dude, can you – seriously, how do you have this many people on a board making decisions and you didn't see that this wasn't the way to do it? Yeah. 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 And I I mean – I I had all kinds – I had things like, you know, like – um, you know, you could have had uh, QR codes, right? I mean, I, that's not a first line of defense, but I mean, like, you could have had proximity, where you know, like, you knew that somebody's a dot around you, but when they're like within a car distance of your car, it would change the color of the dot or something to let you know they're right there. You know, and then, I, and I always thought, say your name was brought up wrong. Because after Samantha died, it was her parents that paid for the Say Your, Say Your Name campaign. That's right. why you hear about the passenger dying, but never drivers right. who have died, right. died horribly. But um, yeah. Yeah. but you hear about well, the passenger's name, and, and her family paid for all that. I mean, then what they should have done was, um, you know, you walk up to the car, and the Say Your Name, if it was going to happen, should have happened in a two-way 
street. Like right. it, it needed to be, well, what's your name? Right. Right. <laughs> well, and, and the other thing is, I mean, we have all these social media apps that, that can generate a unique scannable ID for each person. You know, right. Snapchat's got the little QR code circle around around each person's profile. And so if somebody doesn't want to use their real picture, that's fine, but at least have something where I can where where the driver or the rider can scan that code to make sure they're getting in the right, you know, getting in the right vehicle. Um and it's very it, it's easy to do. It, it's not that hard to implement. Companies are doing you know, it all bottom, over the, the place. The bottom line is, though, I almost disagree with the fact that I, I, I honestly believe that I know these companies started. They just were the Wild West. But enough time's gone by now. I think everybody does need a picture. You need to have a picture yeah. of you. Yeah. Just like we drivers have to take a picture, take another one with a mask on, show that we're doing all that. Even like before pandemic, you know, if I was driving like a long day. They were making me, you know, not every day, but sometimes they'd just say, hey, pull over before your next ride and take a picture. Right. Yeah. Just wanting to make sure it's me randomly through the day. Yeah. I mean, and that's and that's just random stuff. Like, we can't even get the passenger picture just to be there. They don't have to keep doing the picture, but they should have to upload one that is them. Well, yeah, and not only that, the other thing that, that I think needs to go away is being able to requ- request a ride for someone else. Um, if well, I, I get, think if, if I get, yes, you can, <laughs> You're just, uh, yeah, well, you, can. you can, but yes, you can. There's nothing, there's nothing yeah. to prevent you. you. I show up at the pickup location and the person with the phone can be 30 miles away. It, 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 there's, there's no way. Yeah, I hear you. And, and, the only, and, I guess I'm thinking of the, uh, thinking of all the kids I busted sitting outside of central high school Yeah, <laughs> because I'm like, Oh, you're so-and-so and that'd be their parent. And, oh yeah. You know? Yeah. I'm like, I'm like, cause you, you know, you have to, this has to be you, you can't be using your parents' account and you have to be over 18, you know, the whole works. And I had, I, yeah, I mean, I hear you. I, I went to go, like, I, don't, pick... I don't, I don't, I don't want straight up psycho <laughs> calling me and then putting another dude in my car. Exactly. Him. Exactly. Are you straight and... up psycho? No, I'm his brother. Like, <laughs> no, you're not getting in this fucking car. <laughs> right. <laughs> Right. I, I went to pick up a, pick up a, a rider one time and I get there and it's, it's a kid. He's like 16 or 17 years old. And I say, look, look, I can't, I can't, I can't give you a ride. Um, so, and I was going to wait, I was waiting out the five minutes. He went back in the house. I was waiting, waiting out the five minutes before I canceled it. And so I get, I get a message from the kids, the kid's dad. Oh, can you please give him a ride? I'm working down in New York City this week. I can't get him to school. He really needs to get to school, blah, blah, blah. He missed the bus. I said, well, I'm sorry. Call him a cab. You know, <laughs> uh, I'm not, I don't care. Well, I'm giving you permission. Nope. I, I don't care. <laughs> I'm not, I'm yeah, not and, if you, you, and if you've noticed around the country, um, not, pan, not since pandemic and a little before that, but like there was a two year stretch and it was, some of it was right when you were starting and all that too. So you might've noticed it somewhere in the one was in Ohio, somewhere right in your area, but there were, um, parenting rideshare companies oh, yeah. that started up. Yeah. Dude, they fell by the wayside immediately because the insurance got so crazy. Cause I talked to a few and I was like, were you just not getting enough business? And they're like, we had too much business. 
but the insurance changed within a month to like 600% of what it was when yeah. we started. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm it's like, expensive. did you have an accident? And they're like, they're like, no, they just started re looking into it and then got back to us and said, listen, this is your new premium. Yeah. It's expensive. I mean, you're, you're asking adults to drive around minors and, and that they don't have any tie to at all. Exactly. Exactly. I mean, and some it, of them were set up really cool. I mean, it was parents who were doing it even. It was kind of like, almost like a, a like a carpool that was paying. Yeah. But at the same time, it's like, you know, if you have a big van and you're picking up, like I know that like some were, you know, would take like an entire soccer team. Well, the one, mm. not the one in Ohio, but there was one in, where was it, Nebraska or somewhere that was just for kids. And they were taking a soccer team or they had like five of the team players on a girl's soccer team. And the car flipped and everybody died. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So dude, can you imagine what the insurance did on that? Yeah. It was just insane. I mean, it probably wasn't even a claim. It probably said you're closed. Yeah. Dude, you're closed. You're done. We can't insure you. And, and the thing is, from what I understand, these, these, these rideshare, these specific rideshare companies that were designed to, to transport unaccompanied minors, the drivers were making a lot more money uh, because because of the added premium that you can charge for that, you know. So I mean, th- that was uh, it. I think it's something that probably in the future will will happen. I'm, I'm I mean, Uber did Uber Pets, so there's still know. there's still yeah. <laughs> Luckily, you could opt out of it. <laughs> so, so um, it would not surprise still, me. There's still one. There's still one I know of in the country, and it's in LA. And it was yeah. the first one to start up. And other people, I think it's even called like a parenting a go go. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but anyway, it's that one's still in existence. That was the first one on my radar, and then others popped up. And they maybe you know the best of them made four or five months before they went under. Yeah. Um, yeah. But for whatever reason, they were the only one that stood the test of time is that one in L.A. So I don't know if it's just because it's L.A. or, you know, I think it's every parent there doesn't really give a shit about it. It's a dense enough. It's a dense enough population. (laughs) It's a dense enough population that's affluent enough to pay the extra fees that it's going to cost to cover the additional insurance and the background checks and all those all those kinds of things. Um, and the parents and the parents who are doing it are willing to pay a hundred dollars a ride type right, thing. Right, exactly. That's another thing so, too. Is it like so one one last thing, um, and, and then I I, I got to get going because I, I got to get oh that's back to right. my day job. I was here. just going to say we're I'm um, kind of at my at the at my limit of what I run run time. So <laughs> yeah. So so one thing that I've always thought would be would be really neat for. Um, uh, for both drivers and for riders is to actually have a premium plan where uh, if you're a passenger and you want to make sure that you're getting the, you're getting the best riders, you know, you'll only get a rider that's rated 4.75 and up or 4, 4.8 and up, but is have, have a verified passenger program where you put in your, so if if you don't want to require everyone to verify their identity, you can have a verified 
rider program where they say if you verify your identity with you know positive identification you use your real name you you use your real picture then then we will match you with the best drivers that are out there so you don't get you know you know Jimmy Slowpoke who who's got a 4.3 driver rating or what I don't even know if you can have a 4.3 driver rating but but whatever you know oh, by yeah, be, you by being a verified rider you you get the better drivers as well you know uh and, and or or just make everybody be verified riders because we were suffering so many killings carjackings and in the news every i mean before pandemic every week there was killings of riders and drivers yeah. it's like people aren't stupid dude do you want to be safe we or we have to be safe this we're requiring this and, and we're not asking for dna we don't need your fingerprints but there needs to be a picture so your driver can identify you and and i would think that if you are requiring the riders to verify their identity wouldn't that lower your insurance because, you know, the kind of people that are, you know, you've got real names and things like that? I mean, all they have is a phone number. And, I mean, you could get a new phone number in five minutes. You get a new right. smartphone and a new credit card to set up a new account in, in, in half an hour. So, right. so um, it, really, it, it really surprises me that, that they haven't gone this route of, of verifying uh, riders uh, because it would just make the platform safer for everyone. And I think it's also going to, you're going to get better customers, <laughs> you know, uh, and, and with, and Uber even is trying to, to get into doing, you know, public transport, including everything in your public transport, say, okay, well, if you don't want to, if you don't want to go the, the verified rider route, then here's information on how, you know, here's the next bus. <laughs> Hop on the bus. Sure. <clears throat> yeah. You know? um, or like you said before, call a cab. Yeah. Or, yeah, exactly. I mean, I mean, everybody's response is, dude, I don't want to take a cab, but it's like, well, I don't want to take you, you know? <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> Um, well, John, uh, thank you for being on. I uh, really quickly want to say, uh, if you, if you want to look up what's, what John's doing, uh, I was wanting to, or I was hoping we'd have a little time to get to YouTube, but, uh, it's pretty straightforward. And, um, I liked that you have a lot of, uh, the shorter videos too. Some of the YouTubers out there have the 20 and 30 minute ones where yeah. the point gets across like halfway through and you're like, why is it so long? I like yours. I was watching a few and they're just, they're short to their, to the point. Those are the kind I like. Uh, but you can find John at rideupstate.com. And yep. then uh, you, in your email, it says rideupstate.com backslash YouTube and backslash Twitter are two options that you can do. I went to the website. I didn't see a link to the two. So I, it looks like this is how you would – is that the best way to tell people to connect to your YouTube is rideupstate.com backslash YouTube? Yeah, I don't have, a, I don't have 100 subscribers yet, um, so I can't, uh, I can't customize my channel name. And so that makes it this no, massive, ugly No, I meant on your love. website, Ride Upstate. I didn't see a link to YouTube, like where when you click it, it goes to your YouTube channel. Oh yeah, yeah. I haven't I haven't put that up there yet. So yeah, rightupstate.com slash YouTube is the best way 
um, the the best way. I to mean, get, I just went to, to when I looked channel. you up. I saw that already, but I I didn't have my I didn't have that with me the email at the time, so I just went to YouTube and I just searched right up state, and you came right up. Yeah. Yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't know why I don't have my social media links on my website. I guess probably because I get more, uh, I get more traffic to the YouTube channel than I do to the website. So, <laughs> uh, yeah. so, so I'll have to fix that. Thanks for pointing that out. I appreciate it. <laughs> yeah, no, no worries, man. I'm, I'm actually in the process of overhauling ours and putting rideshare rodeo into Uber Lyft drivers and doing the whole parent thing. And um, so it's uh <laughs> I'm going through my own headaches too. So. <laughs> yeah, it's just yeah. So so rideupstate.com slash Twitter, rideupstate.com slash Instagram, rideupstate.com slash YouTube. Uh, those are kind of if you want to get all those, uh, find out and follow me on on all those platforms. Uh, that would be the best way. If I could get a hundred, no no, fa- no Facebook presence. No, no. No. Okay. No, yeah. No, I mean, no. we have one, and, and I'm and I'm and I try and convince my my um uh, my my girlfriend Marissa to uh to run it for me because she's actually on Facebook. I used to be forever, but I haven't yeah. been in like four years. But yeah. I create like my personal one, but I created a one for rideshare that's not me. And I just mm-hmm. even hate going on that more than anything now. And that's why I was kind of laughing or snirking in the beginning when you mentioned the groups. Cause I mean, I've just gone insane by those group people. Yeah. I mean, I mean they're, they're just nuts, dude. I don't, I don't know what the hell. Yeah. <laughs> I, I am on, I am on uh Facebook, but not, not yeah, yeah, any, yeah. any no, relation for this. Yeah. yeah. Right. You don't want any tie to it at all. And I get that. So. Because, yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, that's why I choose Twitter as my primary. We still have the Facebook thing, but it's not built like our Twitter has a ton of followers. Um, our Facebook barely has any, um, but it has built some. I just need somebody to more like just transfer content over there. I just don't even like logging in and seeing what people have wrote. <laughs> like, I mean, I just I mean, they, they write mean things that don't have anything to do with what I'm even talking. They're just assholes and i'm I'm, yeah. I'm swearing a little too much on this episode than i normally do but um to be honest i mean i've never seen such just i mean people and they've gotten very like heart like very uh mean about their groups yeah like if you try and like in the day they used to let me post stuff and thanks for posting that we'd have conversations now it's like you're off this group what are you doing yeah. dude you quit posting yeah. your crap here like i mean it's not i can take some bad feedback but dude, don't give, don't just, just don't go off for no reason. Yeah. And yeah, it's for not sure. like one or two do it. It's like more than not people do it. It's just awful. It's an awful environment, man. I don't like it. Yeah. It can be pretty <laughs> ugly. It can be pretty ugly. <laughs> <laughs> but John, thank you for being on the podcast. Really appreciate you coming on. Um, we will stay in touch too. Cause uh, the work I'm doing with para, um, we we're kind of a think tank machine right now. We've got like I don't know, probably like 40 ideas if you put them all out and they're all good. It's which ones we're going to be picking, but we're working with some really great platforms and it's all to benefit gig workers and optimize best earnings for them. I believe you talked to Jimmy. Oh yeah. Um, Yeah. So David and I, David and I, David started autonomy.jobs real quick history. um, And then it flipped into para. So that's why David's the head of para and autonomy went away but I was helping David with autonomy. That's why he brought me into Paris. So I'm one of the people helping with that. But 
we've got some really cool projects that will help people learn better. So I keep telling people to stay tuned because like the app is out in beta mode on Apple right now. Like I'm actually running the beta app right now. So um, it's pretty cool. That's only a few days old, but um, thanks. Thanks again for being on the podcast. Let's stay in touch and uh, um, be safe out there, man. Yeah. Thanks a lot. Appreciate you having me and uh, you know, keep those wheels rolling. I will. <laughs> all right john have a good one all right bye-bye sorry folks i've had uh so many weeks of keeping it between that 40 minutes and hour 10 and uh really had been kind of finding my groove there but every once in a while you know it's uh i hadn't talked to another driver on the show in a while and it was nice to talk to john and we hit on some subjects that if you know me and you've been following uberliftdrivers.com for the um two weeks short of four-year anniversary. That's right, I said it correctly. Um, you know that uh, unaccompanied minors, um, uh, some of the things we hit on today, um, we haven't really talked about on the podcast because we've been dealing with so much pandemic stuff. But um, I would like to have John back, not on the unaccompanied minors situation so much, but on um, market-to-market comparisons it's something that I have posted a lot about on uberliftdrivers.com, but I've been wanting to do a piece on rideshare about it. And I think that John um, understands the way I understand it and that maybe we could do a really good piece on explaining why um, a lot of people who contact me and ask me, dude, it's impossible to earn what you're saying. That's not possible. I've tried everything. Um, it's a little bit more than just, well, your city's different than mine. So there's some analysis that can be put behind that. And maybe we can get John back on, uh, the podcast to discuss that because it is a big thing. Um, and people do need to realize all the caveats that can either make or break you. And and your market is the first key player equal to are you suitable yourself to be in the service industry and doing um, gig work and, and jobs like this and, and dealing with people. But um, some people just aren't. There's nothing wrong with that. But uh, I think that we could do a piece on this that would uh, kind of explain what we talk about and show some comparisons on region to region so that you understand use same size cities, things of that nature. Um, but yeah, um, I'm way over today. Uh, appreciate you hanging in there with me next week. Uh, we have maestro and, uh, they were around then they, then they really weren't making any noise. And then I got an email from somebody that the maestro app launched on Apple a few, a couple weeks back. Uh, and so I contacted them and they will be coming on and, uh, we'll get a bunch of questions answered and hopefully, uh, get some, uh, transparency and clarity on exactly what Maestro is up to and what we should expect from them. And the week after we have lifting with Larry and the week after is the four year anniversary of uberliftdrivers.com. And I'm not sure what we're going to do for that. So stay tuned. Um, and uh, maybe a couple giveaways or something. I don't know. We're gonna do, maybe we'll do something fun that week. Uh, maybe we'll, we'll even do it live. So uh, 
Have a good week, everybody. Um, Be safe out there. Keep those masks on. It ain't over yet. Um, It ain't over yet. Be good to each other. Do something good. Do something nice for yourself. Have a great week. And uh, we will see you back here next week on the rodeo. Peace.